a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I don't know that I necessarily want the people to remember my sermon for uh, a week as much as I want them to uh, receive that Word of God right there. If this is a, uh, a download of information, it's important that you retain that information. Yeah. But if this is being addressed by a, a burning bush, I know that a burning bush talked to me. <laughs> and I said to the guy, uh, look, at when the Bible talks about vision, it's, it's talking about the death of Jesus. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It's talking about the gospel. It's talking about confessing the creed. And his answer to me was, yeah, uh, I'm not using vision in the biblical sense, but rather in the business sense. <laughs> okay, then. All right. I, by the way, had no knowledge of that encounter when I posed the hypothetical. <laughs> Celebrating Pastor Wolf when they're being out of the country, this is table Yeah, that's well, right. He isn't yet, but when you're hearing this, he is, and we can all I will rejoice. be long gone. What day, what day is this show going to air? I don't know. Sometime in the future. Probably when you're gone. <laughs> I could tell you exactly where I'm... That's what I want to do. Pick a day next week. Next I'll tell week. you where I'll be. Okay, let's pretend like it is Thursday next week. Thursday next week, I will be in... Oh, look at that. I will be visiting the Mount of Olives, the Garden of Gethsemane, and Bethlehem. You would probably iron, try to iron preacher Jesus on the Mount of Olives. <laughs> All right, Jesus, you and me. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You'd be, play, you'd be playing like Iron Man. No way. Can you believe that? That's going to be awesome. Iron Man. <laughs> what a day. <laughs> then next Friday, uh, we go to Masada, cable car ride to the chop, see Herod's thing. Last time I was in Masada, when I was 19, backpacking around the place, I didn't, someone told me, did I tell you about this? This is a joke. Someone said, oh, one of the greatest things you'll ever see in the world is the sunrise from the top of Masada. Well, to get to the top of the Masada, it's like this two-mile hike <laughs> up the trail, snake trail. So I slept under this date tree in front of the bar, and I had my alarm woke me up at like 3.30, and I hiked with all my 100 pounds of junk up this snake trail in the dark and got to the top of Masada and sat there on the edge of this cliff to watch the sun come up over Jordan and the Dead Sea. And the sun came up, and you want to know what? It's just like the sunrise everywhere else in the world. Oh, brother. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. I did all that for that? So I, to, I fell asleep on I the edge. I walked a lot of steps. <laughs> that was a lot of steps. It was early, too. So I fell asleep, and I woke up, and I was surrounded by tourists acting like I wasn't there. So I went back Money to Jerusalem. <laughs> That's how it was. People were probably just. My hat was off, and they were just putting dollar bills. Poor bum. Although that's how Sleep you really were when you're hiking around for a year. I you're know. Like... <laughs> I know. So then I went back to Jerusalem to the Lutheran Youth Hostel, and they said, "Oh, how is Masada?" And I said, "Oh, it's great. It's one of the most beautiful things you'll ever see is the sunrise over the Dead Sea." <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it happens, my friends. All right. Well, time to start this edition of Table Talk Radio. And uh, I bet you're wanting to know what we're doing today on Table Talk Radio. Yes, well, I, I am. I can tell you. <laughs> the first thing we're doing is <laughs> playing the game Islam or Mormonism. 
that's a game that we play? Oh yeah. I I I made a whole list of all the games we played. Do you want to know how many games we've played here on Table Talk Radio? Yes. 73. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. How do you play Islam or Mormonism? Hopefully think, we're playing that on the second segment. <laughs> I think what we do is read something and try to guess whether it comes from Islam or Mormonism. I, I know, I'm going on a limb. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I think that's how it works. Okay. And then after that, we're playing... <laughs> that's what 83 things sounds like to go around the wheel, huh? Name that subject... What is that game? This is like how to make have a worst of. Name that. I, is that the game that we played way back in the beginning where I would like read a page from Peeper and you would have to tell me what Losi it was talking about? I'm not sure. We better figure that out during the break. And then after that, we're playing. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Name that event in the life of Jesus. Okay, I know how to play that one. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Event in the life of Jesus. Okay, sounds good to me. Sounds like a winner. Did you do all the show prep for all that stuff? Well, I we haven't <laughs> started playing yet. All right. Well, first buzzwords. So, um, yeah, do you have a buzzword? I do. My okay. buzzword for you is Trinity. Trinity is the uh, is the word that we use to describe the nature of God as one God and three persons. And we just had Trinity Sunday a while back where we especially confessed this with the Athanasian Creed, etc. One God and three persons. Now, here are, I think, the easiest way to reduce the the teaching, the biblical teaching of the Trinity is to these five statements. Number one, there is only one God. Number two, the Father is God. Number three, the Son is God. Number four, the Holy Spirit is God. And number five, the Father is not the Son, neither is the Son the Father. I mean, neither is the Son the Spirit, neither is the Spirit the Father. There's a distinction between all three of those persons. So that is the doctrine of the Trinity. Sounds good. My theological buzzword for you is humiliation. Now, there's a couple of meanings of humiliation. First, it's the virtue that Pastor Wolfmiller needs more of. Um, yeah. But that's not what we mean when we're talking about I'm ashamed of my humility. <laughs> I'm ashamed of how humble I am. Oh, man. <laughs> see what uh, I did there? That, I See, normally I'd expect you to say, man, look how humble I am. But <laughs> in the theological sense, we're talking about Christ's humiliation, which means that he humbled himself. That is, he did not exercise his divide, divine attributes at all times. So there are times in which uh, Jesus, um, you know, G- Jesus, who is God, knows uh, all things— and yet, there are times that he uh, willingly decided to lay aside that divine attribute. So he doesn't necessarily know all things um, as he uh, walked along the earth. Uh, God is omnipresent, right? But in uh, uh, when Jesus, uh, in the second person of the Trinity, binds himself to flesh and blood uh, in Jesus Christ, he limits himself to be in one place at the, that given time. Um, so these are examples of uh, humiliation. Of course, we see the, the pinnacle of his humiliation. Or wait, how would you say that? The, what's, what's the opposite of pinnacle? The low point. <laughs> humiliation is when he's uh, dead on a cross uh, because God does not die. But he uh, willingly lays aside that attribute and uh, gives himself unto death. So we don't only attribute the death of uh of Christ to his human nature, but in some divine mystery also his divine nature. So we can say that God died. Hmm. Oof, that's tough stuff. 
And I get 500 points for using the buzzword. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was I was I just pulled up two um, uh, uh, websites. One is daily or a random verse from the Quran, and the other is random verse from the Book of Mormon. So, oh, perfect! Now that is how show prep works, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now here's an email. This comes from Joel, who I have seen around here somewhere. Joel from Aurora, who says, "Pastors." I enjoyed your talk about church names on the last program. Attached is a little device I came up with based on the way missional churches seem to devise names for their fellowships. Hope you enjoy see their fellowships. Keep up the mediocrity, Joel. Now, here's the PDF. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All you need is a name. You found a place to meet in a strip mall or a theater. You've got a pastor with Jesus Fish coffee cup and a catchy name like Chip or Hank. Your <laughs> praise band just got a shiny new guitar and polished up the plexiglass drum kit shield. Now all you need is a name. Select one word from each column and use them in whatever order you like. Add church, fellowship, or community, and your name is ready. Be sure to come up with a neat logo that visualizes your new name. So on the one hand, you have a nature noun. Trail, bridge, path, field, vine, rock, branch, root, cross, path, wind, hill, oasis, palm, woods, heart, lily, and rose. And on the other side, you have a positive, uplifting verb or adjective. Shine, solid, walk, follow, gather, gathering, growth, light, heights, run, spring, glow, speak, high. All right? So that's how it works. So I want you to give me a a number between 1 and 15, and then a number between 1 and 12. No way, man. I'm putting it in my little decide wheel thing. You're putting all these in there? Yeah, ready? All right. This is how everything is going to be done in your life. Pretty much. I don't know. Manny didn't put, hold on, hold on. Let me put yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the first one is branch. Branch. Well, hold on. I got to get this other one now. And then you you just copy and paste it in there or what? Yeah. Man, it's pretty handy. You can do that with wedding vows? Positive uplifting. (laughs) I'll do it with wedding music. Okay. So what was the first one I told you? Uh, Branch. Branch. And here's the second one. Speak. <laughs> Branch Speak Fellowship. <laughs> All right, okay, can we I'll, do it again? I'll do the number thing. Uh, so number four. Field. And number seven. Light. Field Light. <laughs> Field Light Church. No, 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 no. Field Light Community. <laughs> All right, one more. Let's do uh, number 13. All right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven, eight, seven. Palm. <laughs> number uh, five. Palm Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> Palm Gathering. <laughs> Palm Gathering Church. That's as good. That's good. So All we right. got Branch Spring Fellowship, Field Light Community, and Palm Gathering Church. <laughs> All right, we got to go to a break, but uh, coming up after this break, we're going to be playing Islam or Mormonism. Be sure to stay tuned. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this commercial break. In a recent survey, 98% of listeners can't stand Table Talk Radio. 
We would like to express our gratitude to those who did not participate in the study. That's our theme music for when we play Islam or Mormonism. You probably don't remember that, but it is. Trust me. Hashtag trust me. Are you even what there? What are you talking about? I'm here now. Wasting all my good jokes when you're not even on this. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't find... The, the, apparently the, the random Book of Mormon verse generator is not exactly all it's lived up to be, so I had to actually go get my Book of Mormon oh, to randomly generate. pain. Is it like a hacker thing? There, there's yeah. a lot of uh, software developers in the um, Mormon world. By the way, I was just told by someone that uh, they can access tabletalkradio.org through their uh, Kindle Fire. So if you have a Kindle Fire, check out tabletalkradio.org. Isn't that amazing? Um, You're sitting on the airplane blasting Table Talk Radio. <laughs> you got to do that the Random. whole way to... Oh, <laughs> What's the longest leg on your trip to Israel? We got 11 and a half to get from Newark to Tel Aviv, and then 12 and a half coming back from oh, Tel yeah. Aviv to... We can get you 24 hours with the Table Talk, right? You just blast it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible If you want thing. your own seat, just load up your Kindle Fire. That would be true. Everyone would be clearing out. It's like, you know, it's like having really bad BO. <laughs> well, I guess you already have your own seat. Never mind. Okay, um, so the way that uh, Islam and Mormonism works is that Pastor Wolfmiller reads a quote from either the Quran or the Book of Mormon, and then I guess which it's from. Uh, yeah. I'm willing That's to bet that originally we were... I don't, know, I don't know. Go ahead. No, I think we had show prep. I think we were we had some sort of thing where we were comparing, like, uh, the prophet of this religion had twenty seven wives. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, oh, huh, I don't know. But there's a book about this. Um, who wrote that book? It's called The American Muhammad. That's uh, Alvin Schmidt. Uh, the Amer- I prefer to say it, the American Muhammad, which is closer. Uh, Pastor Flammy assures me to the original Arabic. Did you know that? Yeah. So So, when you talk about uh, Cat Muhammad Stevens. (laughs) Right. Now, the point of that book, I've been told... Because you haven't read it. Have you? No, but I'm not talking about it either. I don't need to read the book as long as someone tells me what it's about. (laughs) That is the strategy. I mean, I quit reading anything longer than 10 pages ages ago. And the point of that book is that to parallel the lives of Joseph Smith and Muhammad. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are very similar. That would be a good book to have handy for this game called Islam or Mormonism. Here's a verse for you. Behold the back pass through the back wall on the back side of the city. The Lamanites, <laughs> I wonder who the Lamanites are. It's like you have do you have the granitites in there? No, they're the Lamanites. <laughs> <laughs> or the guards of the Lamanites by day by night are drunken. Therefore let us send a proclamation among all this people that they that they gather together their flocks and herds, that they may drive them into the wilderness by night. I think the Lamanites or is it the Lamanites? Anyway. I think that appears in the Book of Mormon. <laughs> Well, it appears in Mosiah twenty two six, which I think is in the Book of Mormon. All right, so two hundred points. Dang! Ching. 
Um, all right, you ready for another one? Yes. And it came to pass that I did slay wild beasts, insomuch that I did obtain food for our families. Um. So here's the two things I have going on this one in my mind. Sounds like a story that Joseph Smith would make up. So I slayed this wild beast. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> the, the story of Joseph Smith finding the golden plates is kind of like the guy who just got done fishing. And he's like, I swear, the fish was this big. <laughs> sure, Joseph. And you have some magic glasses to see that fish, too. Um, but um, uh, so I have that going on. But I'm not sure if the uh, if uh, this talk of slaying a wild beast could possibly be in the, in the Quran. Not that I know anything about the Quran. But if I had to guess that the word slay was either in the Book of Mormon or the Quran, I would guess the Quran. So that is my final answer. <laughs> That's in First Nephi, obviously. Chapter 16, verse 31. But I'm doing a very uh, academic pursuit of... of I know. I, I mean, mean, you're my, showing both your induction. prowess. <laughs> your prowess, your knowledge of both the Quran and the Book of Mormon. Something tells me this game was more insightful the first time we played it. Well, I doubt it. <laughs> Maybe not. You ready for another one? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> or in other words, yield yourself up unto us and unite with us and become acquainted with our secret works and become our brethren that ye may be like unto us, not our slaves, but our brethren and partners of all our substance. Uh, see, now, uh, yielding is a major theme of the Quran, uh, at least from what I remember the few times that I read it. Um, and so this, you would think this would appear in the Quran because of its major yielding uh, theme throughout the Quran, especially in Surahs 17 and 34. Um, however, <laughs> I'm just making stuff up. Um, but I think that you're trying to trick me, and this is another quote from the Book of Mormon. You are right. <laughs> that is from Third Nephi, How chapter many three, Nephi's verse seven. This is from Thirty Second Nephi. <laughs> I mean, when you got one, <laughs> why not? Why not? If two? one is good, <laughs> is a th is there three? Strange thing about the Book of Mormon is that it starts out with the first Nephi and then second Nephi, and you don't get to third Nephi and fourth Nephi until page four hundred. Hmm. I mean, you got the Book of Jacob, Book of Enos, Book of Jerom, Book of Omni, the Word of Mor Words of Mormon, the Book of Moshe, Book of Alma, Book of, Book of Helaman, then Third Nephi, Fourth Nephi, then the Book of Mormon, the Book of Ether, Ether, and then the Book of my favorite, Moroni. All right, I'm going to give you another one. Mm -hmm. Thou art not, for thy Lord's favor unto thee, a madman. And lo, thine verily will be a rewarding unfailing. And lo, thou art of a tremendous nature. Uh, let's see here. I think that this is going to be from the Quran. <laughs> you are right. That's from Surah 68. The pin versus three to five or something. Okay, I got no idea what this is talking about. <laughs> you want so you want to do? I got another one. Okay, 
We labor diligently to write, to persuade our children and also our brethren to believe in Christ and to be reconciled to God. For we know that it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. That sounds like Ephesians uh, chapter 2, except that part that says, after we can do. <laughs> Isn't that so, amazing? This is going to, I'm going to play, um, I'm going to play Book of Mormon B and guess that this comes from Second Nephi. Um, oh, you're. <laughs> For wow. extra points. You are right. Second, <laughs> Second Nephi twenty five twenty three. I think that's amazing. That's the one verse I have tagged in here in this uh, Book of Mormon. We we believe that we are by grace we are saved after all you can do. Yeah, that's your Mormon theology of salvation. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here, so the the difference in um, Christianity and uh, Mormonism is that uh, Christianity says that Christ has done it for you. And uh, in Mormonism, you are to do your work, and then God comes and kind of fills in the cracks. And Christ is, is sort of um, uh, giving you the assist where you need a little help. Now, you've, you, you kind of messed up here a little bit. Well, there you go. But for the most part, it is, it is your work. Uh, however, uh, if, if Christ has done it all for me, then there's no worry that I am saved because his work is better than mine. In an attempt uh, to bring a little bit more content to this segment, I found a little web page here that says uh, Islamic and Mormonism uh, similarities. I want to read a few of these and see what you think. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, both were given visions. Yep. Both were to restore the long lost faith as the one true religion. Yeah. Um, both claimed to be illiterate and uneducated and used this as a proof that the book was inspired. Both <laughs> Joseph Smith and uh, Muhammad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, both claim that the Bible was lost, altered, or corrupted. Yeah. Uh, both claim that their holy book was the most correct and perfect book on earth. I guess everybody claims that. Yeah. Um, let me skip a few here. Both claim to be the final prophet. Uh, <laughs> although I'm not sure if that's true of Joseph Smith. I would like to see a little proof text on that because don't they have the living prophet? Uh, claim yeah. yeah. So I don't. I, know. That's true. I wonder how that worked out. <laughs> I'm not sure if uh, um, both Islam and Mormon religions uh, have those who follow the original doctrine of the founding leaders, and like the founding leaders, are violent polygamists and have revelations justifying their evil actions. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's for violent that website. <laughs> it's going to get worse. Okay. It's going to go with from there. Well, don't worry. After this break, we're playing Name That Subject, whatever that oh, yeah. is. I got it. I got uh, it we want to hear from you. Give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. Or you can also send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. More Table Talk Radio and Name That Subject right after this break. Don't go away. Whoa. You 
shouldn't listen to Table Talk Radio. Reverse psychology, or is it? That subject is the game, and we haven't played that for the Ever. longest time. Ever. We used to play this once. All right, so it's how come the, the Wheel of Misfortune on Table Talk Radio Prep has picked all of the worst games of Table Talk Radio? It didn't have many options. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so explain to us how this game works, Pastor Wolf Miller. I'm going to read a passage. For, for uh, it's hard to do your own background music. That's why bum, I asked you to explain bum, the game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read something from Peeper. I've changed my mind. I'm reading from Peeper, who is our dogmatician. He talks a lot about dogma, and that classic dogmaticians divide their topics into various different loci or topics. Very. <laughs> 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 That's really funny, right there. So I could be talking about, say, creation or sin or the two natures of Christ. And uh, and you have to pick what topic I'm reading about. Piece of cake. Okay. I'm going to dominate this more than Islam or Mormonism. <laughs> That's something to look forward to. <laughs> Uh, Thus, Holy Scripture checks, so to speak, by its clear and simple mode of speech, false translations. It is by God's arrangement a light that no translation can extinguish easily. This confirms what Luther says of Holy Scripture. There is no clearer book written on earth than Holy Scripture. We should, then, not say that even the best translations are but human view or opinion of God's Word. On the contrary, insofar as the translations are faithful translations... And exact translations are hard to avoid, particularly in the Sadie's Doctrinae. They are likewise the very word of God. Walther, therefore, is right in saying, one may be unacquainted with the original languages of the Bible and still be divinely assured that his German Bible is God's word. For through it he receives the witness of the Holy Spirit. As scripture in the original tongues proves itself to be God's word, so also the translation, if it be a real translation, has the same power. Okay, so this is dealing um, with this topic of the inspiration of Scripture because we talk about how the Scriptures are, you know, we have the attributes of Scripture, the inerrancy, infallibility, um, perspicuity, um, the, you know, all this. Perspicuity? Does a Scripture getting sweaty? Yes. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Just sounded like perspiration to me, that's all. (laughs) The, the clarity, so, sorry, that it's clear. <laughs> the perspiration of the Scripture. Anyway, um, and, and the... <laughs> this, it's a living, active... <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the line from Nacho Libre. Remember how I quote Nacho Libre all the time? I remembered that from a few weeks ago. <laughs> That's another, that reminds me of another Nacho Libre quote. Okay, I'll give them both to you. The first is... <laughs> Thank you. Let's interrupt she this. Says, for, yeah, please. Where are your robes? And he, they were... A stinky. <laughs> Andrew says to me last night, why does he say a stinky instead of stinky? I don't know, Andrew. I hadn't thought about it that much. And then the other one was when he says, hey, remember the time when people were chanting my name 
and I used my strength to tear off my blouse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And it happened like five minutes ago. That'd be like saying, hey, remember the time when we played Islam versus Mormonism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway. And I used my purpose. Back to the conversation at hand. So, yeah. so Peeper here is, is bringing up the discussion about? of the inspiration of Holy Scripture. And uh, the question is, okay, we have the text in the originals and say, Greek and Hebrew. Yeah. And uh, to what extent can we understand the Bible that we have it in the languages that we use, like English or German or Spanish or whatever language you read? Um, can we know that to be an inspired text? And... Uh, Peeper here is arguing yes, so long as it's a faithful translation. So um, I think that this is going to be on the discussion of the attributes of Holy Scripture. Even uh, more specific, the inspiration of Holy Scripture. Well, I don't know. I, I think so. It's under the section. It is talking about Holy Scripture. I'm going to give you credit for that. The subtitle is the relation, the original text of Holy Scripture and translations. Subsection: the relation of the original text to the translations. All right. Sounds you like points it. to me. All right, fine. Ready for... Is that all? You want to say something else? Well, uh, I just that I lost you know, track remind- of how many points I have. So I got 500 for the buzzword, and I think I got 400 during Islam Memorials, and there are 200 just now. I don't think I've had points in years. You can't tell it with my waistline, but... <laughs> you know what this game reminds me of is how nice it is to read Peeper. A second problem is stated as followed. Since there is no past or future with God, how can we speak of God's presentia? Uh, I don't even know what that means, in fact. Uh, uh, Answer, God ascribes prescience. I guess that means foreknowledge, pre-science to know before. God ascribes prescience to himself, Isaiah 46.10, but he does so to conform to our mode of thinking. Being in time and subject to its laws of temporal sequence, we cannot conceive of timelessness, of God's eternal today, of an ever-present moment. We think only in terms of the past, the present, the future, and therefore God condescends to our concept of time. In this sense, he with whom there is no future ascribes to himself a knowledge which, is, which in distinction from all human wisdom, extends also to future events." Okay, I I could place this in a couple different locations. Um, this could be just talking about the attributes of God, where you have that God is you know immutable, omnipresent, things like this. Particularly talking about how um, uh, He knows all things, so He would He would have knowledge of the things of the future as well. I could see this also ta- coming up in the discussion of election, where there is a distinction that's made between. Uh, predestination and predetermination, so that God f- sort of um, uh, what f- fixes what will happen, um, that He determines, predetermines everything that will happen, uh, versus His just mere uh, foreknowledge that that God knows what will happen in the future, but doesn't necessarily um, mean that He made that happen. Um, so some possible distinctions. Now I'm gonna. So if it's if it's the latter, if this is in the conversation of election and predestination, this would come up probably in Peeper's volume three. If it's the former, talking about his just the attributes of God, it would be coming up probably in volume one of Peeper. And um, your previous quote, I think, on the scriptures also comes from volume one. So I'm going to guess 
that uh, you did not go to the effort of switching books and instead went to this (laughs) different section, the same book of Volume 1. So I will say that this is on a section having to deal with the attributes of God. Take it easy. Take it easy. All right, that's fine. That's true. All On all accounts, it's true. The, The particular attribute is talking about the knowledge of God. Positive attributes, knowledge of God. Ciencia Dei. All right, you want another one? Sure. One more. Uh, the good angels are confirmed in the good and are in the state of bliss. Their bliss consists in, consists in the beatific vision of God. During their ministrations on earth, they always behold the face of God, Matthew 18.10. With the vision of God is most intimately united the most fervent love of God. Whoever beholds God cannot but love him in the highest good. Hey, that's interesting. And so the will of the good angels coincides constantly and perfectly with the will of God. The sole object of their entire activity is the accomplishment of the good. Men raise the objection that the good angels could not enjoy moral freedom if they cannot sin. This objection is based on a wrong conception of moral freedom, as though moral beings could be morally free only if they are free to do evil as to do good. Passe pacare, atanam pacare. According to this principle, there would be no moral freedom in heaven and in eternity, since the blessed in heaven, hallowed and glorified by the glory of God, then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun can no longer sin. Oof, that's a great argument. Huh. I really so, love that argument. So um, the, this is either going to be coming up on a conversation of angels or probably more likely the conversation on free will. Now, um, this Latin that he brings up of Picasso not Picari. Uh, is talking about the ability to sin or not sin, so that it's possible to sin and possible not possible not to sin and things like this. So in uh, let's see if I can get this right. Um, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve um, were it was uh, uh, possible not to sin, so they had the free will to to willingly not rebel against God. But now we are in a state where it's not possible not to sin, not pakasi, non pakari. Uh, but in according heaven, to the flesh, yeah, according, yeah, okay, according to the flesh. But in heaven, it won't be possible to sin. Picasse non picar, or non picasse non passe picarum. Yeah, so um, get it straight. Man. Yeah, now we'll probably get uh, angry emails from those who speak Latin, and we getting... won't be able to understand them though. <laughs> True. Any complaints about our Latin should be sent to us in Latin. So, uh, would you would you summarize the argument that you love so much? Being yes, yeah, see, seconds? people say. Hey, you gotta to um, to be able to love God. You gotta be able to choose God or not choose God. In other words, uh, uh, we have to have a free will. People argue otherwise. God has made robots. Not true, because in heaven we do not have the option of not loving God, which Peeper makes the same exact point. So perfect freedom is in fact freedom from sin, not freedom to sin. Okay, I'm going to say that this is the discussion on free will, and it just brings up angels as an example. This is the section on angels? Yep, section on angels. All right. Good angels and their activity. Well, after this commercial break, we're going to be playing uh, Name That Event in the Life of Jesus. Pastor Wolfenler will be on the... On the uh, finally, you did some show prep for once. Block. Yeah, and we'll see if he can overcome my 1300 Table Talk radio points. Yeah. In the middle of the night, I go walking in my sleep through the jungle of doubt to the river so deep. I know I'm searching for something, something so undefined. It can only be seen. 
Table Talk Radio. You're laughing too, right? And we're back on Table Talk Radio, taking a look at the scoreboard. Table Talk Radio points 1,300 to zero. Zero. And uh, we'll see if Pastor Wolfner can get any points in this next game. How many game. points are these worth? I just got to name the... Ed- I, just, I just have to say what event it was in the life of Jesus? Yeah. Like, you're going to say, Jesus went on to, up onto a mountain and preached, and I say, oh, Sermon on the Mount, and then I get points for that? Yeah, kind of like that. You, oh. should, you should maybe talk about it, because... Uh, the points are just an excuse. Says me. Yeah. So oh, anyway. I normally would have said, says you, mm-hmm. except for you have a bajillion points, which I'm against. All right. Let me have it. Okay. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. This is Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Boom. Next. <laughs> 500 points. How many points do I get for I'll, that? 200 I'll points? I'll give you 200. You want to say All right, I'm ready for that? the next one. No, man, I, I'm not going to say anything until I get 1,301 points. <laughs> no, you need to elaborate. That's part of the game. Oh, all right, fine. This is, this is, by the way, is this beautiful picture, Peter, here. When Jesus comes to watch Peter's feet, he kind of falls off the horse on both sides, just one after the other. And so first is Peter says, no, Lord, you can't wash my feet because Peter's right in saying that this washing of feet is a great act of humiliation. But Jesus is there humiliating himself. He's on the way to the cross. And so he says, Peter, if I don't wash you, you don't have part of me. Then Peter says, well, well, then do what I say. If you're going to be my servant, do what I say. Wash my whole body. Be great. All right. And Jesus says, no, 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 you are clean. Uh, You only need to have your feet washed. I'm going to give you another 200 points for using the buzzword. Nice. Boom. Count them up. Cha-ching. The points matter. All right. Let's see if you get this one then. Uh, Jesus says, While I was with you daily in the temple, you did not lay hands on me, but this hour and the power of darkness are yours. Hmm. This is going to be... Hmm. I, I, this is amazing to think that I'm going to be reading this text in the place where it happened in one week from today. Uh, and that would be the arrest of Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. So um, they didn't, you know, Jesus was for weeks, he was in the, well, uh, for a week, he was in the temple teaching publicly. But the Pharisees who wanted to arrest him and kill him were afraid. Uh, and so they didn't. In, they wanted to get him in secret, so that's why they had to pay Judas, and they couldn't ever find him. He wasn't even in Jerusalem. He was over the hill in Bethany. So I get to, can you imagine this? I get to walk from Bethany to Jerusalem, which is like a three-mile walk, and uh, that's the walk that Jesus did on uh, Palm Sunday and Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday, uh, or maybe not Holy Wednesday, but on, on Monday, Thursday back in, and this is Monday, Thursday evening when he's arrested in the garden. Nice. So you are up to now 600 points. Ooh, next. Hold on. I'm trying to find it. Jeez, <laughs> whipping through these so fast, I can't even get to the next one. Your Bible's on fuego. <laughs> that's uh, that's Nacho Libre's way of saying on fire. 
You know what the word nacho means in Spanish? It means Ignacio. It's just an abbreviation of a name. Can you believe it? Hmm. All right, I'm ready. Next. Okay. Um, I can't find it. I have one particular thing in mind, but I want to be able to read it. Uh, all right. Hold on, hold on. I'll find it. Want me to stall some more? Yeah. This is Jesus in the garden goes to pray. Uh, three times he prays, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. So we talked about the humiliation of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. That's probably the, the humblest event up to that point. And then it's almost immediately out-humbled by the suffering of Jesus in the garden, where he doesn't even know if if his death is necessary. As manifested in this prayer, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus doesn't know. Until the Lord says, no, you, the, uh, God his Father hands him over to this cup, and then he knows this is, this is the only way. That's stunning. That's the deepest point of his humiliation up to that point, which will be outdone the next day when he is nailed to the cross, the deepest bit of humility ever. Okay. Ready for another one? Yeah, man. Okay. Jesus says... Um... <laughs> What is this going to give it away? I'm just changing at the last minute here. I'm yeah. calling an audible. Yeah. Too easy? Um, yeah. Well, these are all, I mean, they're all too Events easy. Events in the life of Jesus, that's my kind of game. <laughs> yeah. Okay, how about this one? Uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray that the Lord would send out workers into the harvest. That is the, I don't know how what that event would be, the sending of the 70? Um... I think that's what it is, the descending of the 70 uh, disciples, where Jesus sends out the 70 to go before him as he's getting ready to head down from from the Galilee down to Jerusalem, the last ha- hike down to Jerusalem. Uh, I don't know if I can give it to you. Why? What does it say? Well, I think you're thinking of this uh, quote from the Gospel of St. Luke, but this is from the Gospel of St. Matthew. Um, it was like the sending of the 72 or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is um, when he summons the 12 and gives them the authority over unclean spirits. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. So no that's points That's what the event is one. called? Well, yeah, that's right. That's the, that's the name of the event. Why don't you know this? <laughs> uh, that, where is that? That's like Matthew. Is that like it's in the teens, like 14 or 15 or something? Uh, or is 10. it right in 10, close into there? <laughs> it's Matthew 10? I think, isn't it? I, I, I already turned away from it. <laughs> All right, I trust you. Yeah, well, I, okay, it, very end of 9, going into 10. Okay. I suppose you didn't know that. <laughs> uh, okay. Is that where Jesus names? Is that where the 12 disciples are named in the Gospel of Matthew 2? I don't know why I'm belaboring this point, because I need to get some more points. I'm ready for the next one. Uh, okay, how about this uh, from John? He says, are you the one or should we look for another? Uh, are you the one or should we look for another? This is when John the Baptist sends his disciples to talk to Jesus after he's in prison. And so this I, the event would be what? It would be called the interview of... Jesus in prison by John's, or the interview of Jesus by John's disciples when John was while John was in prison. Ah, very good. Another two hundred points. That's a, that's an interesting text, by the way. I I probably need to write something about this because 
immediately afterwards when the disciples leave, you know, everybody says that Jesus never talked about homosexuality. You've heard that before. But the one place that Jesus did is actually that verse, because they, the disciples leave, and then Jesus turns to the crowd, and he says, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? Uh, a, a reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out into see? A man dressed in homosexual clothes? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a bit, that's lost in translation, I'd say. Couldn't it just be uh, effeminate? Yeah, well, that's what it, that's what it means. <laughs> women's clo- a man wearing women's clothes. But that's the uh, right. that's that's the whole category there. A reed shaking in the wind, right? Okay. Um, all right. Uh, Jesus says a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. That would be the event of Jesus visiting the synagogue in Capernaum and preaching there on the Gospel of Isaiah. Hey, well done. How about that? Anything I don't some... know where that is. Somewhere. It's right in the beginning of Luke, isn't it? Um... I better not guess. <laughs> Do you want to... sound like I know what I'm D- talking about. D- double or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, uh, Jesus says, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer. That is the, clen- that is the event of the cleansing of the temple. Ding, 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 ding. How about that? It's pretty good. Anything to say about that? It happened twice. I don't know which... Oh, you could get me on that. Because there... You know, a lot of people... It's at the beginning of the Gospel of... Oh, it's at the... John has it at the... mm, uh, One of the Gospels... Either Matthew, Mark, or Luke has it at the beginning, and then John has it at the end, or vice versa. Why can't I remember that? And some people say, no, it only happened once, but I think that um, we should read that event as both the beginning and the end of Jesus' ministry, so that it ha- we can track that that happened twice, um, in fact. so Okay, okay. Um, one more, and if you get this, you will pull, a- pull ahead with the lead. I'm going to make it really hard. And Mary... And her husband rose. <laughs> you wish. Um, how about this? All right. Jesus said, um, there will be like more game, joy way. in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Um. Okay, so that's Jesus telling parables, and he's telling the parable of the lost sheep. Oh, he got it. So <laughs> that is that the event, the yeah. telling of the parable of the lost sheep. That's right. It's all, it's all you needed. You won yeah. from Luke. How's it feel? Huh? Is that from Luke? That's from Luke. Luke fifteen. Luke fifteen. You got lost it. Lost sheep, lost coin, lost son. Well, found thanks, by the father. Thanks, decision wheel, and thank you for listening <laughs> to Table Talk Radio, where the points are like all the scripture you learned visiting the branch. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Church. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. <laughs> like Please it. consult your pastor before listening thanks. to Table Talk Radio. Thank you very Side effects much. may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with a imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the cabalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.